0: Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Cutting through the clutter, this is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, so we have an amazing show. I'm very excited. Uh, Our very own Charlie Robinson is going to be here uh, today. It's always a good day when Charlie stops by the show. Um, So definitely, uh, we'll be bringing him in momentarily. Definitely hang out uh, for that. Uh, But first, a couple quick things. All right, y'all. I promised you an update on David McBride. It is not a good update. (laughs) Uh, So we talked about it yesterday. Um, They, the court had ruled that there is really no public interest defense for um in any situation is what they said out loud, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but they are basically saying that there is under no circumstances any reason whatsoever um for a member of the military to expose uh war crimes, which is just so depressing. Uh so consortium news, as I have mentioned every day this week, um, if you are interested in following the trial against David McBride, who is a whistleblower from Australia, um, who was a military lawyer who exposed war crimes, including the murder of 39 uh, unarmed afghan uh, afghan civilians um uh they are in the courtroom they're on the ground every single day they will be for the duration so they tweeted out an update uh australian military whistleblower david mcbride's application to appeal trial judges ruling to exclude public interest defense is denied by chief justice in supreme court jury trial proceed uh with jury selection on monday so wow uh so i guess that means i don't know i guess that means they won't be in court tomorrow um if i am gathering that correctly i'm not positive i'm going to try to get a hold of kathy Vogan later today and get a more detailed update this is really all that they have today Um, there was no video update today there was no uh, article that i saw anyway uh, on the website so i will try to get more um uh, information for you on that but it looks like uh regardless if they're in court tomorrow or not there will be a jury selection beginning on monday which (laughs) It's just, it breaks my heart. Again, David's a friend of mine. So obviously I'm a little bit biased uh, here, um, but it's just, and especially uh, we should mention it's as the Albanese government pretends to care about whistleblowers and journalism, they're allowing this to happen. So this is where we're at right now. So just wanted to give you an update. I promise that to you. Um, Unfortunately, it's not a good one, but there you have it. Um, Okay. Also, I wanted to just say uh, my friend, Andy Worthington, he's been on the show many times. Um, He is, honestly, I always say this, he is the guy. If you want to talk about Guantanamo, he is the guy. There is nobody else. It is Andy Worthington, and that is it. He has been uh, at the forefront of this um, for years. I mean, for years and years and years. Um, so he tweeted out today, uh, today, Guantanamo has been open for 7,980 days. Join us on December 6th to mark 8,000 days of its existence. Take a photo with the ClosedGuantanamo.org's poster and send it to info at CloseGuantanamo.org. Uh, All the the photos will be posted here so this is something Andy does on a regular basis um anytime there is um kind of a milestone day uh usually on the thousands or whatever um they will or on the year or whatever uh and the, the I think the Guantanamo clock is up all the time so you can go and see it again it's at um uh, gtmoclock.com um or close you can just go to close and I think that there's also a link there but um the clock is up all the time it's running constantly um so if you're ever curious, <laughs> how long it's been open, you can go and check that out. Um, But on these kind of milestone days, they will encourage people to print out um, a copy of the poster and then hold it up, take a picture of yourself. um, And it just kind of, uh, it's like a social media campaign to kind of call attention to the fact that Guantanamo is still open. Crazy business. Um, So Andy's great. He does great work. Uh, Definitely participate in that if you would like to. You can follow him on Twitter if you want to go and check him out. It's at GuantanamoAndy. So uh, there are still 16 of the 30 men who are held at Guantanamo have been approved for release and are just hanging out, which we talked about that with Andy the last time that he was here. Some of them have been waiting for literally years. They've been approved for release for literally years, and they're just hanging out waiting for... um i don't know what they're waiting for frankly uh so there you have it also i did just want to mention too that um uh, uh stella assange uh went to accept the osiecki prize um uh for julian assange so it's from penn norway um and they uh give away this uh, 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 osiecki is a, a former uh journalist from a long time ago um and uh they awarded assange with his prize for 2023 and stella just went to accept that on his behalf there is video of that um award ceremony and all of that stuff if you want to go and check that out. And also just really quickly, Stella tweeted out yesterday, um they're doing this new thing. Uh I want to say it's called Concerts for Assange, but it could be Music for Assange. I'm so sorry. I'm it, it, I I can't remember which one they decided to go with. Um but I think they're going to do it every Sunday. Um they're going to have different musicians perform, play uh songs for Julian Assange or that are Assange related or Press Freedom related or freedom related in general. Um and they're going to try to make that a weekly thing. So that they can uh, use that as an attention grabber and they were just um, some of the one of the most famous people that uh, or one of the most the longest uh, supporters is David Rovix he's a great musician and he just did a a gig at the Oslo thing uh, when Stella went to accept that award and Julian just so happened to call Uh, so he got to hear some of the performance uh, over the phone which I thought was cool so definitely go check that out Um, you can follow Stella on Twitter at Stella underscore Assange Um, and obviously if you want more updates on the Assange situation that's your girl, <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, don't forget, you can follow me over on Twitter at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack. My friend, Andy, does a great job running that. It is mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guests of the day every day, so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email at, at radio.live If you have a guest idea, show idea, you want to rant about something, have a question, whatever it is, hit me up. I'll try to get back to you. Um, and while you're at it, if you have a general suggestion, if you uh, have a, a possible guest you would like to hear on TNT Radio, Or you have a topic that you feel that we should be discussing, then we definitely want to hear from you. There is a suggestion form on the TNT radio website, which is just TNTradio.live. Go and fill that out, and you can help us make a difference right here on TNT Radio.
0: Gaining perspectives.
1: It's well balanced conversation.
0: Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: All right y'all, Republican lawmakers are suggesting that the US ban social media app TikTok. Here we go again. After videos of people showing sympathy for a letter written by slain terrorist leader and alleged 9/11 mastermind Osama bin Laden went viral. Here with the story joining me now is TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark aka Ruckus. All right, so we're banning TikTok again, huh?
2: Well, this is such a truly bizarre story, but um I guess if you have your clown world bingo card and it said uh, they're going to try to ban TikTok over Osama bin Laden, you win uh, because who on earth saw this coming? This is just this is the craziest. This is a thing, people. This is wild. I don't know even know where to begin with this one. Um, I'll start here. More than two decades. That's right. This is crazy. After the attacks, 9-11, uh, of course, that ignited the U.S.'s quote-unquote, war on terror uh, Osama bin Laden's uh, and what we can say at this this time they're right it was it had it's an anti-jewish letter i mean it literally had some things to say about jews it had some things to say about israel it had quite a lot of things to say about the united states um but this letter uh supposedly uh allegedly um justifies uh, terrorism against americans and Apparently, it's resonating. Uh, I guess is the the way we would use the term. It's gone viral on social media, in particular TikTok. Uh, apparently, it's captured the imaginations of pro Palestinian activists amid the Israel Hamas war. This is not good. This is probably a dangerous recipe right here. Uh, videos with the hashtag hashtag ah, the, the terrorist from nine eleven gets a hashtag on TikTok. Wrap your head around this. Hashtag letter to America have been viewed by more than 13.5 million times on TikTok. Apparently, all began with a post on Tuesday by a user named Lynette Adkins, uh, who appeared to be quite upset. Uh, Quote, I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read a letter to America and please come back here and just let me know what you think, because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now. And a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this, too. End quote. Other users uh, reacted similarly to the recently rediscovered letter, which is over 20 years old, Another TikTok user who claimed to be suffering uh, also an existential crisis said of the letter, quote, I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. End quote. Uh Marco Rubio uh caught wind of this and posted on X uh a link to this TikTok video. So now we're on a different social media platform talking about another social media platform. Uh and he said, quote, now trending on social media, especially TikTok, people saying that after reading bin Laden's letter to America, they now understand terrorism is a legitimate method of resistance against oppression, oppression and America deserved to be attacked on 9 11. okay so see how crazy this is already uh bin bin laden he addressed this letter in 2002 quote to the american people end quote and it condemned the united states for supporting the israeli occupation of palestinian territory and argued that jews controlled american policies capital and media he wrote, quote, the creation of Israel is a crime which must be erased. Each and every person whose hands have become polluted in the contribution towards this crime must pay its price and pay for it heavily. End quote. Uh, allegedly, supposedly the Al Qaeda founder went on a call for the blood of Palestinians to be avenged. Quote, it is commanded by our religion and intellect that the oppressed have a right to return the aggression. Do not await anything from us but jihad, resistance, and revenge. Is it in any way rational to expect that after America has attacked us for more than half a century, we will then leave her to live in security and peace? Question mark end quote. So you can kind of see where where some people uh, are kind of latching on to some parts of this. Uh, the UK's Guardian newspaper, they've had a copy of the letter posted up, uh, an English transition, uh, ever since it was first published in November 2002. But As of yesterday, no more. The outlet took down the document. Uh, A spokesman for The Guardian told Fox News that the paper had to remove the letter because it was being widely shared on social media, quote, without the full context, end quote. Uh, There is still an article in existence online. You can still find this thing and read it if you so choose. Uh, And then, yes, uh, indeed, a quick response from at least one Republican lawmaker. Uh, Representative Mike Gallagher, uh, who, of course, said those who are praising bin Laden's letters are, quote, of course, massive idiots, end quote. Uh, and after going on and on about some of the evil images he forced himself to watch for some reason that was posted up, uh, uh, some compilation footage of atrocities that took place. Uh, he went on to say eventually that, quote, this is further evidence that we need to ban TikTok or force a sale before the Chinese Communist Party check makes the free world by controlling the dominant media platform in America that can spread this dangerous, disgusting nonsense. It is time for a ban or forced sale before it's too late, end quote. So, Misty, I don't know how it happened. Only in 2023 can we take a letter that was written from a dead terrorist and use that as an excuse to ban TikTok. But here we are.
1: Well, I'm not uh, convinced convinced that, that isn't why exactly why this letter is now resurfacing. They've been trying to ban TikTok for a long time. And listen, it is not above them to create a situation like this. And it does, it's very strange to me that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, suddenly the TikTok generation uh discovers Osama bin Laden's old letter to the United States. It seems very strangely timed, <laughs> to say the least. However, I will say this: first of all, TikTok should not be banned. I'm not into censorship. Second of all, the Guardian is ridiculous for taking down the letter. Um, people should go read it. I mean, that might be a spicy take. Go read it. Ron Paul said this at the time. You need to know what uh, your so-called enemies are thinking. That's. I mean. It, it, I mean. Sun Tzu said, "Quote: If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle." End quote. I mean, listen. It is not um uh, a a ridiculous notion to think that you might want to understand why people who attacked you attacked you i mean there, i think that that is a, a a reasonable thing to go and search out um i do just think it's really suspicious that all of a sudden right now of all times uh this is coming out uh, especially because there's a couple different uh, uh things that they could be uh, eyeballing here one to ban tiktok which they've been trying to do for a very long time uh secondly um uh you know to the this whole israel palestine situation i think that they're trying to find a way to uh c- continually justify what israel is doing to palestine and i think that this is one of those backdoor ways that they can uh you know if you dare to say that you because a lot of as you said pro-palestinian people are reading this letter and they're kind of uh, uh taking away from it that um uh so-called terrorists may have uh reasons justifiable or not obviously they have reasons for attacking you so and that's not to say that that's good or that you should um you know uh, be okay with innocent people being attacked. I certainly don't think anybody on 9-11 deserved to die. Um, Those are just people hanging out, going to work, doing their thing, going about their day. They had nothing to do with the way that this country operates, our foreign policy, any of that stuff. Um, So obviously I condemn that strongly um, but I think it's 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 obviously a worthwhile venture in my opinion be mad come for me if you want I don't care uh, but I think it's a worthwhile venture to go and read that letter and you can find you can still find it the Guardian took it down but you can still find it uh, my friend Liam McCollum tweeted it uh, out on Twitter because he doesn't support censorship either he also does not support Osama <laughs> bin Laden but I think if you want to read it you should be absolutely able to and permitted to read it it is um, it's interesting to read it I think it's historically significant I think it is um, um shameful that the Guardian took it down but what do you think Adam
2: well I mean I think this is very fascinating because of, there's so many implications too with this whole 9-11 thing there are yeah. so many comparisons to the 9-11 events since this happened I mean if I'm not mistaken and if, if it wasn't Netanyahu then it was the other uh leader Herzog somebody said this is Israel's 9-11 you know they yeah. literally said it and mm-hmm. and that leads me to my other point I'm like Okay, one more little dirty side jab to the American being more dumbed down or, you know, being fed the narrative. It it solidifies further the mainstream narrative about what happened on 9-11, which, yeah, I'm just going to venture a guess that the vast majority of the people listening to my voice right now probably suspect that didn't exactly happen the way we were told. So, uh, (laughs) you know. You have to take so much of this with a grain of salt. That being said, uh, I know that the powers that be—the ones who are in control of the pulling the strings and own the media—it's um, not by accident that things related to 9/11 are happening right now in context of current events. And I think it's a a warning, sign that we should pay attention to. And and I would venture to guess that maybe there's a uh, a false flag that's happening right now, Thank has you. just recently happened, or is happening in the near future. Take your pick.
1: Yeah, there's certainly a false flag coming. I've been saying that for a very long time. That's certainly happening. I'm not convinced that... Okay, I won't say that out loud. Um, <laughs> all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us the story. Certainly interesting. Everybody go check out the letter, though. In my opinion, I think it's a worthwhile read. Um, all right, hang tight. We're going to be right back with Charlie Robinson right after this here on TNT Radio.
3: TNT Radio's Rick Munn. I'm looking also at South Africa in terms of ESCOM, uh, which is a company that we have talked about a lot here. That's the South African electricity provider. ESCOM has posted a massive... 24 billion rand loss for 2022-2023 financial year exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding, which is basically blackouts, for want of a better expression, mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity. That's both within the company, I would say, and outside of the company. The group presented its first full year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday. It said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration in performance including a steep decline in energy availability of 56% down from 62%. So half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all. And most places are undergoing what's called uh, load shedding, which means for up to 10 hours per day, you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in South Africa.
0: Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
4: I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I I didn't think I'd survive, but
1: I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me.
0: One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there.
1: Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed.
0: Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future.
1: They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed and I'm succeeding. I'm I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
0: If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Today's News Talk Radio.
1: Come on, let the man talk.
0: We never censor our hosts. Good. Now talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio.
1: TNT. All right. Our guest today is TNT's very own Charlie Robinson. Charlie is the author of The Octopus of Global Control and co-author of the number one bestselling book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, written with Jeff Berwick. Uh, When he isn't writing books, he's the host of the Macroaggressions podcast, which is an absolutely must-listen show. There's just no excuse for not listening to that show uh which can be found on itunes spotify iheart rock youtube and uh iconic i guess uh he is also the co-host of the wildly popular roundtable podcast the union of the unwanted and he hosts his very own show right here on tnt radio on saturdays called the charlie robinson show hey charlie thanks for being here
4: hi thanks for having me back luckily the world is totally sane and rational and normal (laughs) and there's nothing going on so i guess we can go home right
1: Right. Nothing to talk about. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's great. It's crazy, Charlie. The whole world is gone. Um, I don't even know. Mental is not the right word. Insane isn't the right word. Um, it's like, I feel like, I literally feel like we're in that meme, like the little dog with the fire. This is fine. I, I feel a little mm-hmm. bit like that. Yeah, totally.
4: Every single day is crazier than the day before. Yes. And if you point it out, you're somehow the problem for acknowledging right? this insanity like how dare you uh, call, you know talk about this stuff it's like what well, is it happening well we don't talk about it and you're like okay well i mean it's it's happening it's it's wild you know look if we were just focused on our own problems here in america that would be one thing but we've got our nose in everybody else's business. So it's so frustrating because you 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 say, you know, should we give a hundred billion to uh Ukraine or only ninety-nine billion? It's like, how about we take care of the problems that we have here? And like if we were killing it here in the US and everything was fine, and we didn't have trains just derailing left, right, and center and everything in the electricity. Power grid in California worked fine and and it didn't shut down in Texas in the winter when it snowed, then maybe we explore giving money to other countries. But until that time, I'm sorry, we have our yeah. own problems here and they're massive and we're just pretending like they don't exist and say, no, 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 focus on, focus on these wars and these other places that you've never been to and you'll never go to in the re- your, your entire life. Let's give money to them. You're like, I'm starving to death. Like, yeah, but, you know, it's okay. As long as we're helping our, our allies, you wouldn't want us to not help our allies, would you?
1: Right. That's what's so frustrating. And also it it, it annoys me uh, to no end that the, the the billions of dollars we give to Ukraine, the billions of dollars we've been given to Israel. I mean, this is not anything new. This didn't uh, it's not like we are just now, you know, trying to decide if we're going to give them money. We've been giving them almost four billion dollars a year for a very long time. Um, but it the, there's no hesitation. There's no clutching of pearls. There's no conversation. It's just, yeah, absolutely. We're writing that check. But when we uh, asked to have any of the issues in this country addressed, Homelessness, the fact that kids go to bed hungry, our education systems in the toilet, um, our infrastructure is very clearly a hot mess. Uh, how are we going to pay for that, Charlie? How are we going to pay oh, for that? Oh really? oh, really? Oh, really?
4: Now we have to worry about. Now we're we're right? clipping coupons and, and shopping at Costco. Now all of a sudden, it's crazy. After we've opened it's... up the back door and just given them all the money, we're 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 now magically, you know, when it comes to like, oh, I don't know if we can fund the this after school program for disadvantaged kids to make sure that they have, you know, not just lunch, but also a snack and maybe a little bit of a extra uh, study hall. Oh, can't do that. No, no, can't do that. I mean, what would the Ukrainian children, we have to pay the pensions of the, of the politicians (laughs) in Ukraine. How are we going to be able to afford that if we're wasting money on children in our
1: our, our, (laughs) American children? How dare we want to take care of the American people in America? What is wrong with you, Charlie? Clearly, we have to send money to Ukraine to, bro- to blow people up for profit. That's what we spend our money on. It is mind blowing, and it's honestly, it's mind blowing to me that it's just accepted like there there really isn't much of a pushback against that philosophy i mean it just goes unchecked um the anti-war movement is completely non-existent i mean not non-existent i hate saying that but it is it's been effectively neutered it is there is really nothing there's been some little pop-up things here and there obviously we're seeing this massive uh um support for palestine which is fantastic but i wish that it wouldn't have come to that right it shouldn't take uh you know uh, uh, the indiscriminate minute slaughter of thousands of people. Uh, for people to stand against this stuff and yet it seems like that's what it takes every time. Most of the time people are uh, fine just you know, being complacent, walking through life, uh, totally accepting that we spend uh, billions of dollars every single year, literally just blowing people up for profit. That's what it is. We need to just call it what it is. It's not protecting democracy. It's not any of the- it's not for humanitarian purposes. We're not protecting Ukraine from big bad Russia. We do not care about Ukrainians. We don't even care about the people of this country and yet I'm supposed to believe that we care about ukrainians we do not we do not charlie no,
4: no not. it's 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 laughable and you mentioned the anti-war movement i it's sad what a number they've done on on the anti-war left remember them remember them yes. they're like a yes. fossil we're looking at fossilized remains of the anti-war left now they're just bloodthirsty tyrants like the right used to be you know yep. and so now now i mean you know who wins Lockheed Martin, of course, they win. Mm-hmm. That this is this is going to make their stock go up considerably, and of course, Nikki Haley and these bloodthirsty Ugh. lunatics out there that are running for are they running for? I, I'm I'm confused. Is Nikki Haley and and Ron DeSantis are they running for president of the United States or the president of Israel? It's hard to Israel. tell.
1: Israel, yeah, right? Yeah. It is hard to tell. It is very hard to tell. Um, and Nikki Haley is, in. I mean, listen, people get mad when I call people insane because you're not a doctor. You shouldn't use that. She's insane. She oh, yeah. is insane. She's now currently going on this uh tour of shows where she's talking about how everybody on social media needs to be verified and they need to use their real name. She doesn't even use her real name, Charlie. Oh, what is she perfect. talking about?
4: But oh. If it makes you. If it makes you feel any better i'll put on a white lab coat and i'll grab a clipboard and i'll diagnose her as insane okay, okay because good. she is she's crazy <laughs> she she's is. she was again broke coming out of congress right gets a job lobbying working for the military industrial complex makes millions of dollars decides i'm gonna run for president and comes back and guess what she's an advocate for more War. endless wars what a yeah. surprise i mean it's almost yeah. like if i didn't know any better I mean, not only is she crazy, she's a whore. She's a whore for yeah. the part for, for, for the. And this is not a term that's limited to females. Believe me, there, there's plenty no. of men in Congress that are whores as well. So so please understand that I'm not trying to make a, a Sex sexist uh, statement of this. I'm making I'm making just a I'd, I'd say a measured observation when you <laughs> yeah. shill for the industry mil- military industrial complex like this and blatantly and obviously and with no sign of like n- no hesitation or anything like that that's repulsive to me yeah but what's even scarier i think is that there's a segment of the population that this message connects with yeah and they go Yes, we need to be tougher. That's the problem. Is, is we haven't been tough enough on these people. We have to be tougher on them. We have to bomb them, not not just eight hours a day. It has to be sixteen hours a day. And if they're if they're not careful, twenty four hours a day. And you know, and this insane mentality. It's like, what has it gotten us? What has it gotten us? I Respect. I mean, the the, no. the, the the people around the world despise the American Empire, and I don't blame them. We're Americans. No. We take no pleasure in this. This is not. Representative of us, the people, we don't want this. We don't want any of this, but it's out of our hands at this point. It's been we've we've the country has been stolen from us, you know, not not like in a way where, you know, we're going to have to get the courts involved and count votes or anything. It's just been stolen over time. You know citizens united allowed corporations to have an undue influence and in vote you know in their bankrolling of these ideas that they want and politicians that they want it's over for us i mean yeah. it's, it's really it's, it's not united been stolen States lockheed martin
1: yeah really it's not been stolen it's been purchased that's essentially what's happened okay let's take a quick break and get some headlines we're going to be back right here on tnt radio
4: tnt
0: radio news Big news. News, this is James
4: O'Neill. Russia's rocket forces loaded an intercontinental ballistic missile equipped with a nuclear-capable avant-garde hypersonic glide vehicle into a launch silo in southern Russia, according to a Defense Ministry TV channel broadcast on Thursday. A 53-year-old man was arrested in Tokyo on Thursday after crashing a car into a barricade near the entrance of the Israeli embassy. But since the low-emission zone was introduced in Glasgow in June of 2023, the city council has made 478,560 pounds in penalty If
0: you miss your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT radio.
1: Hey, and also, by the way, we're moving to video, y'all, on Monday. Starting on Monday, uh, we're still going to be on all the podcast platforms as well, but starting on Monday, there will also be a video option available on YouTube. YouTube and all the other uh, YouTube Rockfin, all the other Odyssey, all the uh, video platforms. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. Um, okay, Charlie, so um, yeah, we're talking about, uh, it's it's really hasn't been stolen. It has been purchased. So the Citizens United allowed uh, a, basically a corporate coup d'etat in the United States of America. Our country no longer, uh, our government no longer serves its people. They uh, only serve their donors and everything else is just a charade. And it's really been like that for a long time, but I really think the Citizens United decision uh, really just solidified it and made it almost to the point where, frankly, Charlie, I don't know how we fix it. Like, I don't know how we go back at this point it seems as if there is no um certainly no peaceful way i mean it, they're not going to give up power just because they feel nice about it you know what i mean
4: no and you, you you you're very involved in the assange thing they hit us from two angles they silenced his voice on yeah. one side and the voices of people and then they amplified the voices of the corporations on the other side so it was a double whammy it was it was a two for one in this it, and you know these things have a way of of sort of working themselves out in the long term, as as you move one direction all the way, f- hardcore authoritarianism, it has a tendency to sort of whipsaw back the other way. So I wonder if we're going to get to a point here where even the most dumbed down, fluoride filled heads out there start to go. You know, I think there's a problem. I think there's something that's not adding up here. You know, the orange man he said crazy things and everything, but my gas wasn't six dollars a gallon. Yeah. You know, and and, and and given where we're headed with, with instances and situations in the Middle East, I mean, it's very conceivable. I hope it's not going to happen. But one of the, you know, uh, besides the war and the loss of life and all of that, you're going to create an artificial supply shortage of oil and gas at the yep. exact rate time for that, when inflation is going up, when interest rates are going up, when approval for the president or anybody in government is going down, approval in the media is going down, You know they're going to go to the gas pump once a week or twice a week, and they're going to be reminded of all of this stuff. It's funny how it happens. And so, so maybe, maybe the best thing that can happen for this country is that it gets so bad that It finally snaps people up out of their complacency and forces them to do something about it. I might be wishful thinking on my part, you know, because there are a lot of people that will just do whatever they're told. But but again, we don't need 51% of the people to wake up. Statistics show that you just need like 10%, you know, and then that has a... A, a contagious effect on other people and that they start to wake up and that they start to see this as changing. And then the, that big group in the, in the middle, that herd that'll follow whatever the prevailing trend is as soon as, as soon as you show them that insanity is over and that we're going to go back to rational thinking, we're going to think about money in a different way. You'll get those people to come on. Uh, and, 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 but, but we're going to go through it. I mean, we're going to go through, we've got, just kind of almost sort of in the background, kind of sort of scheduled in the calendar is like, you know, we're about due for that fourth turning as well, where everything gets weird and everything breaks down. But I'll tell you, out of the ashes of those comes major changes. And um, so if we're going to be optimistic, take anything good out of this situation is that you usually have to go through something like this in order to come out the other side with a better system. And I'm hoping that that's the direction we go.
1: God, I hope so. But yeah, you're right. I think that at this point, we're just so we're well past the point of no return that I don't think that there's any uh, remedy or um, uh, there's no like quick fix or change for this. I think that you're right. I think it's going to have to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And that sucks. It's really frustrating for me that that is the way that it has to go because uh, it doesn't it, it shouldn't it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, we could have remedied this years ago, ages ago. Um, but because people are so complacent and they it doesn't if it doesn't affect them directly They don't care. Right. Like it's just like uh, they're they're fine with just kind of walking through life. Uh, And it's not until it gets really bad that anybody wants to do anything about it. And that's really frustrating to me because um, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to suffer. Probably a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people are already dying. Um, So, yeah, it is just really frustrating that so many people and I, I, I genuinely hope we come out of it on the other side. Uh, better and stronger, Uh, it's just so, it's just so hard for me to believe that that's going to be the case. And I do think that you're right though, that, um, and I'm seeing glimmers of it. Maybe you are too. It feels this time, like this feels different. And I've been saying that since October 7th, this uh, this situation with Israel-Palestine feels different. It feels as if more people... And I mean, there was an article out on the Hill today that uh, sympathy for Israel plunges among young voters. And I've been saying this for ages. With the invention of the internet and specifically with social media, I feel like it's so much more difficult for them to control the narrative and to lie to people. They're trying, but it's a lot more difficult for them to do because people are on the ground in real time, able to expose people to information. And so I feel like there there's a different... uh Uh, like underlying kind of feeling uh on this one i don't know maybe that's just wishful thinking though
4: well and they better be careful too because what they're doing right now is they've got the democratic kids in college that are you know if they're not careful they're gonna wind up uh creating a situation where they feel disconnected from the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? Where they don't yeah. want to vote for them anymore because they're now all of a sudden they're supporting Hamas, and then they're going to have the 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 right and the Republican come after them, and and then the Democrats turn on them too and say, "Hey, you're supposed to support Israel. Didn't you get the memo? We're all supposed to support Israel, no matter what." And they're going to go, "Well, well, we don't want to support Israel," and so they create a fracture in the Democratic Party. They should be very careful about that come election time. I mean, I'm no election fan. I, I'm, I'm, no. I'm an anarchist, so I don't care about that. But but. But it's going to be a big talking point for them. It's going to be, you know, how do you feel about this? And how do we feel about this war? So it's very polarizing, of course, the the uh, Israel-Palestine conflict. It always has been. But you add in this new element. Now people are starting to, now you're starting to hear like, you know, your mother in law mentioning, like, do you know what a false flag is? And you're like, oh, you've come to the right place. Let me tell you about the false flags. You know what I mean? It's like, so you're starting to get normies asking questions yeah. that they never asked before. And so I guess if we can look at that and that, take that as a positive.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that uh, especially because this issue is so, uh, quote unquote, mainstream, because Israel uh, essentially owns our government and our country um, and people are going to come for me. Oh, my God, you're anti-Semitic. No, that's just reality. Um, And so but because it is so um uh, big and it is so mainstream a lot of people are exposed to it and i think that because and especially because this time around holy cow israel sucks at lying this time around usually prior to social media age they were really good at narrative management they were really good at spin um but this time around they are doing a horrific job uh they have they keep tweeting things out and then deleting them because it gets exposed they've, i mean there's a, somebody i think it's a propaganda and company uh, tweeted out a whole list of their lies that they've been uh, revealed, like it's been uh, proven that they've been lying about it. So um, I think that because of that, because it is so mainstream and because Israel has done such a terrible job of uh, ma- managing the narrative this uh, this time around, I think a lot of people are starting to really ask questions that they weren't asking before. And they're starting to recognize that, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Like none of this makes any sense. Um, so, I mean, you're right. There's And I have that experience too. Like I have normies coming up to me, asking me questions about things that they probably weren't even thinking about prior to this. So, I mean, there is some good. Uh, it just sucks that a whole lot of people have to get hurt and die for uh, those questions to be asked. So let's take another quick break. We're going to be right back here on TNT Radio.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. The radical left, fresh off their abortion-related victories in last week's U.S. elections, are not pausing in their dissemination of double talk and bullcrap On the issue. Here's CNN's John Avalon defending the fact that Democrats favor abortion on demand. The talking points are clear, right? It's the
4: specter of abortion on demand, well into the third trimester, all at the hands of morally monstrous liberals. But it begs the question how often do third trimester abortions actually occur in America? The answer is very, very rarely. Get this, in 2020, 93% of abortions occurred in the first trimester, according to the CDC. Another 6% occurred between 14 and 20 weeks, early in the second trimester. Less than 1% were performed at 21 weeks or more. Which is to say that third trimester abortions are vanishingly rare.
0: So let's say Avalon's correct. 1% would have been some 9,000 such abortions in 2020, according to the Guttmacher Institute, a group committed to the so-called reproductive rights. And to people like John Avalon, killing 9,000 wholly formed babies is not even worth mentioning. It's who they are. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Listen to my show, 9 p.m eastern monday through friday right here on tnt radio the thing that drives me every day as a dad
2: is him every day he's hungry for something and there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person i think the advice i would give is you don't need to know all the answers it's okay to make mistakes as long as it's coming from love then but it kind of starts to work itself out.
0: This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: All right, we are here with Charlie Robinson, and we're just having a chat, having a little rant session, because the world has lost its mind. Um, so yeah, I do feel uh like this time does feel a little bit different. Um and I think that frankly, a lot of it has to do too with the fact that people are so unbelievably exhausted by It's just nonstop. Right. It's it's I feel like we're being bombarded with bullshit, frankly. Um, I mean, it was covid and then it was Ukraine and now it's Israel. And it's it's just like this nonstop barrage of shenanigans. And I think people are just so over it. They're so tired. Uh, They people can't feed their families. They can't afford to go to the doctor. They're losing their jobs. They can't pay their bills. They do not care about all of the stuff. And it's uh, it's being shoved down our throats. And I just think people have had enough.
4: They have, and you know, I've been I've been all over Yuri Bezmenov's work lately. I've been on a bender with him, and and he's fantastic. He talks about the four stages of ideological subversion, right? And you go, oh, really? That should be. You'd think it'd be like fifteen steps, right? It's only four, and he yeah. talks about the first stage being. The demoralization process that takes about 20 years, right? You get an entire generation and you soften them up. And then you get the destabilization process, which is about five years, right? And then that, that's when you really start to have the, the thugs get in there and mess things up. Then you need a crisis, a six-week crisis, right? And then after that, the fourth stage is called normalization. That's when you, you all the changes that you've made, you sort of cement them in and just go, this is the way it is from now on we've gone through that cycle. And if you look at the buildup to COVID and then that crisis, that shattered people in a way that is indescribable. It put them in a very suggestive state of mind it put him in constant fear that was one of the hallmarks of it he says during this crisis period you put them through fear and then afterwards i can shower them with authentic information it won't do them any good i can take them and show them the camps myself they won't believe me you know so he's he's talking about how like you can break people to a point where they can never be rebuilt again and i wonder after what we've gone through the last three years of COVID, then you get the Ukraine situation, then you get Israel, then you know it is dog training for human beings. You know, they yes. they've broken us down that now and now they're just keeping us busy with these nonsense things. You've and you've got to feel one way or the other. Because if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that if these small group of lunatics want to control the massive population, the easiest way to do it is to just divide people up any way you can. doesn't even really matter. Coke and Pepsi. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, you know, Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, whatever it is, you, if you can split the group and then split them again and then find another uh, topic and then split the group there. What you get is you get a very, you get a, a population that winds up distancing themselves from their friends and family. And over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, if you've seen like your policy on vaccines may determine what Thanksgiving looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're, you, you've seen these people or, or your support or hatred of Donald Trump. I mean, he was a great divider, right? So he got a lot of people, he split families up. Now, if you can keep people away from each other, keep them from conspiring, you can, you can stay in power. And it feels like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stay in power, not by showing us the best version of the United States government. No, no, that would be, make way too much sense. Instead, <laughs> they're focusing all their energy into trying to just break our brains so that we throw our hands up and go, make it stop. Just whatever you need to do, do it. Just make all this stop because I can't take it anymore. And once you've got the population like that, you can do whatever you want with them.
1: hundred percent. And that's it. People are so exhausted. And I have never seen anything so effective at dividing people than COVID was I mean holy cow family members were disowning each other over yep. uh over covid over vaccines over all of that stuff and it it's so frustrating to me because it was so it was so effective and that I mean watching okay it was endlessly depressing but also so fascinating because we that was one of the biggest psyops I have ever seen in my lifetime it was amazing yes. it was um uh, unbelievably effective it was it, and it was as, as frustrating as it was to watch people fall into it and all of that it was also i think for me as somebody who recognized it for what it was i learned a lot <laughs> watching them mm-hmm. and how they were doing it but um, the unfortunate side effect of that is they also learned a lot um yes and yeah and they're, they're they're the next time that they come back um with something like that they are going to be far more effective than they were the first time and they were really damn effective the first time charlie so that's really terrifying yes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They felt like a dress rehearsal. There yes. were a lot of mistakes that were made. See, we in the alternative media, we had uh, we had the benefit of knowing before COVID what the pharmaceutical industry was and wasn't, right? We knew yeah. that they are convicted felons. They're all convicted felons. They've all been found yep. guilty. We knew about vaccines, we knew about the VARES system in the VA- in the courts, the VARS court. We knew about that before COVID. So we didn't have that big learning curve that a lot of other people did. Now, people that are just starting to go, you know, if I got my dog three rabies shots in two years and my dog got rabies, I'd ask questions. I'd have pro- I'd be wondering what's going on here, right? You're starting to get them out. You're starting to think about these. Que- these were the questions we had before COVID even started. We knew, We knew yeah. who these people were. So everybody's yeah. in some different stage of understanding and awakening. And, and so I've, as a writer, the COVID years, I mean, an embarrassment of riches as a writer, just too much to write about. I hate it for humanity as a human being, it sucked. But as a, as a writer, it was like, Oh, look at all these lies. It's like the propaganda machine was on overdrive and it was cartoonish. And you're just like, this isn't even good stuff they brought the jv team out to run this operation the most important operation ever and they and they brought out we'll give you donuts for back right? for, for a shot are you kidding like come <laughs> on like, they, they, that couldn't have been plan a right that couldn't have been plan A. <laughs> oh. so it was fun to i mean it was funny to, to live through and watch that and go well no 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 we're, we're gonna give you Two laps around Talladega Speedway. I'm like, I demand four. You know, I mean, I have standards, yeah. damn it. Uh, it's but it was wild to watch it. Just and and I'll tell you, on top of that, this just watching the psychological operation that was happening on people was yeah. was like, it felt like I was watching a horror film. You know, I was watching a lot of people get their brains cracked open in real time and just be so fearful. People that are typically good at looking at the numbers, they allowed this fear to get in there and it clouded it. You know, I know guys with MBAs that couldn't make the calculation that a 99.98% survivability rate didn't warrant a vaccine.
1: No, or lockdowns. (laughs) They should have known you know that mean?
4: from their schooling and, and also logic and common sense. But but they couldn't get through it because there was a, a layer of fear there. And so to watch that happen and watch really smart people get scared about things that they didn't need to be scared about was was a trip.
1: It was. And like I said, it, it it's like that catch 22 where it was um unbelievably fascinating and extremely informative but also just really depressing and fear is a very powerful manipulator i mean that period they all and that's what they always resort to but you're right the idea that so many people fell into the covid thing despite the fact that it was completely nonsensical like if you just examined it took a step back and examined it for even one brief second objectively um i remember one of the things that uh, uh that really tipped me off because when covid first hit i was like okay well maybe we'll, I'm, I'm open to see right. what this is what's going on um, I'm always kind of going into situations like that open minded because I mean there could be a legitimate virus floating around that we need to sure. be concerned about so, uh, absolutely yeah. um, but one of the first things that tipped me off was there was some sports ball game uh, football game and there's like these grown men out there sweat flying spit flying everything's fine that's cool but then the teams go back to their respective uh, um, uh, locker rooms and the the winning team was celebrating without masks and they got a fine for that. And I'm like, that doesn't right. make any sense. And also the whole like if you go to a restaurant, you have to wear your mask as you're walking to your table, but once you get to your table, it's fine to take it off. I mean, it just it, none of it made sense. What is COVID tall? Is it like it's if we just if we all like we crawl tall. around we're fine? Like well, it it made no none of it made any sense. Uh and it was just it, it's um it makes me sad that so many people it, that like you said it was the JV team and yet They were unbelievably effective. They were able to lock down our country, lock down our economy, uh, put tons of small businesses out of business. People lost their houses. Our kids—I don't even want to know the damage that caused was caused to our kids, Charlie. I don't even want to know. I don't like uh, the—it's that makes me mad. That part makes me really. How do you
4: quantify? How do you quantify the damage done to an entire generation of of kids that that that, whose speech is developing slower or who? have uh anxiety because of of COVID. It scared the hell out of a lot of people they all thought they were going to die and you have to you know, hug your grandma through this i mean you would have thought it was ebola so so the the you know and, hey you got to go this direction down the grocery store aisle you know okay i'll do it like you said uh, a couple minutes ago they're going to use this information they're mm-hmm. going to be better. They're going to refine it. They're not going to make the mistakes they made the second time around. So when this thing comes and I mean I've been told by Bill Gates that it's coming. It's coming. Then my guess is that the everything will be dialed in in advance of that. They want to have to have control of the narrative. That's the most important thing. The media driving the getaway car as usual. So if you've got that and then you can ramp up the fear to 11. The, and, and all you need is six weeks. Apparently, that's what the yeah. stats say. That's what the, the KGB handbook says. Is that you just need six weeks, then you can you can make these people do whatever you want them to do. Scary.
1: Yeah. Yes, it is scary because it's coming and it doesn't even have to be the next, uh, you know, COVID or whatever it's uh they're, They've been studying us and how we react to things for a very long time. That's uh, that's how they work their propaganda schemes. That's I mean, this is nothing new. And so it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It feels as if they are a million steps ahead of us. <laughs> And they know exactly which buttons of ours to push in order to get us to do certain things. We are, uh, you know, basically puppets on strings. And it's that's what I mean. It's like, it's like I just don't know. At this point, it seems all very hopeless. Like, there's no way for us to effectively fight back against it. And uh, we just have to kind of live through the controlled demolition of the United States empire and hope that we come out on the other side smarter and stronger and uh, more united against uh, these power structures. But it's, um, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, look around you. You are living within uh the absolute implosion of the United States of America that's happening. I mean, and it's uh it's scary because I don't think that in history we've uh, we've ever uh, experienced an empire of this size going down and the ramifications yeah. and the uh the fallout from that it, are going to be intense. um and I it, whatever you can do to prepare yourself for that, please do it. <laughs> please do please it do. Please do it. But there do will it. be
4: opportunities as well. And, yeah. and this is the thing that's that that feels a little gross when I when I think about it is to is like well what kind of opportunities will, will there be in the collapse? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't right. want the collapse. But no. it doesn't matter what I want. The, the dominoes are already set in motion. You know, we're, we're, we're just one banking. We're just Deutsche bank filing for bankruptcy away from the whole system coming down. Right. So it's, it's set up to, to fall. And Berwick and I talk about this in the, the last chapter of controlled demolition of the American empire. And that is we, we, we go back to that day on uh, the day after Christmas in t- 2004 in Banda Aceh, Indonesia, when the people walked mm-hmm. out to the beach that morning and there's no water, they didn't know what it meant. You know, there's, you could, could go out a half a mile, there was no water, but the, the animals knew. Yeah, They all were heading for higher ground. And the people that had been there a long, long time, they knew. They knew what to look for. They knew the signs when they saw them. They didn't need to sit around and wait for a committee to decide what to do. They said, I know what this is. It's time to get out of here and get to higher ground. Trouble is coming. And yeah. so the people that were good at recognizing this and being proactive, grabbing, you know, whoever was next to them and saying, let's go. I'll explain it to you later. We're going to need to do that to the people in our lives, the people close to us and say, I can explain it to you in detail if you need me to later. But right now you're going to need to trust me, get your money out of these banks before they collapse and steal all of it, move it into something else. Almost anything else is better than doing this. And you're going to need to act a little bit paranoid. You'll thank me for it later.
1: Yeah, for sure, and that's a great. I, I love that you're always like you look for the positive, uh, it, despite it might feel it may feel gross. Um, I don't think it's gross. I think it's just uh, you know trying to make sure that you're being smart about things. And I so I don't want people to leave this conversation thinking that oh god, everything sucks and we're all gonna die or whatever. There are things so, you can do to prepare yourself. There's plenty of things you can do. Getting your money out of banks is a great thing. Learning to grow food, learn how to sew, learn how to fix things, learn how to build things, uh, stockpile stuff, batteries, candles, lighters, all of that stuff. There's things you can do and i mean listen i will again i've apologized before but i used to make fun of preppers and i am very sorry Me too I am I, very I, sorry. Preppers i'm very sorry right
4: yes I, I i stand corrected you guys are yes. a little weird but i love you and we <laughs> need you and you are correct in your assessment yes. of the situation you are right yes
1: you were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I made fun of you. I am now myself a prepper. Uh, I'm not like Thank an extreme, you. like hard- hardcore prepper, but I'm definitely prepping. I got stuff stocked away, and everybody needs to do the yeah. same. Uh, whatever you can do, grab some stuff, throw it somewhere, uh, prepare yourself the best that you can, and make friends with your neighbors. You're gonna need to have people. You can't do it alone. You're gonna have to have a, a team to get yourself through this because um, it's gonna suck. Like I, uh, again, I hate to leave it on a like negative note, but again. There are things you can do. Like it, it, it I don't we'll want people fine. to feel helpless. We're going to be fine. Um, Just be smart, be prepared, be ready. Uh, And we can get through it together. Okay, Charlie, we are out of time. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you, your shows, all that stuff.
4: Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find me right here on tntradio.live for the Charlie Robinson show. So check me out. If you want to follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time. Thanks
1: for coming. I love when Charlie comes to the show. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, And as always, you can find links to all of Charlie's stuff uh, over on my Substack, .substack mistywinston.substack.com. I will be back tomorrow with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this on TNT Radio.